Welcome to the Fantasy Whispers podcast. We are the best kept secret in fantasy football. We keep that week one feeling going all year long. I'm Big Travi. You can find me on Twitter at Big Travi TFW. And today I'm going to be breaking down my favorite week two start and sit players. Also, a little bit of a bonus at the end, some defensive matchups we should keep an eye on for your fantasy players uh, you know, this week and going forward as well. But before I do, I wanted to let you know that support for the show is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, and their precision-engineered tools for your family jewels are the best in men's hygiene. You can join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you for listening to this podcast. 20% off plus free shipping worldwide with the code TFWMAN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TFWMAN at manscaped.com. Okay, so like I said, we're going to be talking about my top players and top fades for week two. Before I do, I wanted to give a little recap of last week. This is going to be coming out weekly. Uh, probably on Thursdays, latest Fridays, but it's uh, something for you to take a look at. Last week was, you know, as most week ones are, a little wild and wacky. So I'll kind of recap where I lost, where I won. Uh, if you listened to me and you faded Mel or and you started Melvin Gordon, you were probably not happy. He was the ECR running back 36. He finished as the ECR running back, or he finished as the running back 47 um, in half PPR. CEH, though, if you listen to me, he was the RB25 last week. He w- he finished as the RB6, so big week from CEH. And I know a lot of people are saying to sell high, but I kind of like CEH, so we'll see what happens there. Brandon Ayuk was another one I told you to play last week, but he ended up as wide receiver 63 on the week, so not a great one there in the monsoon game. On the fade side, in that same game, I told you to fade Justin Fields. He was QB19 last week, finished as QB23. Corderell Patterson, though, I was high on fading him, but uh, he ended up high in the rankings, finished his RB5 against the New Orleans Saints. So sorry about that one there. But Damian Pierce was another guy I told you to fade at running back. He was the RB54 on the week after being ranked as the RB28. So, again, the parameters for this is I'm looking at ECR on fantasypros.com, and I'm going for those pockets of positions you know, where you're going to be struggling to figure out if you should start them, not your studs. You know to start Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. You know to start Saquon Barkley and CMC. But I want you to kind of, you know, have a little bit more knowledge on these guys we're discussing in the other ranges. So for quarterbacks, that'll be uh, ranking 10 through 20, running backs 20 through 40, wide receivers 20 through 40, and tight ends 10 through 20. At the end of the day, I won't be right 100% of the time or even 90%, but I'm trying to help you make better decisions, and I hope these podcasts will help you in your process. With that, let's get going on the starts for this week. At quarterback, I have Kirk Cousins. His ECR rank is QB 13 this week, but he's playing Philly, and I think he can really outdo that. Look, there's this primetime Kirk narrative. We've seen him kind of dip down in these primetime games. But last week he was a QB1. He was QB11 overall in a game where the Vikings led from the nine-minute mark in the first quarter and just trounced my Packers the entire game. Uh, He is part of this game against Philly on Monday night. That's one of only three games with an over-under of 50-plus points. So I really think that he has a great shot to finish above that QB13 ranking. 
At running back, I have Daryl Henderson. Right now, his ECR is running back 24. He's facing off against Atlanta. He played 82% of the snaps. He had 81% of the rushing attempts, and he was on 78% of the route participation uh, for the Rams. I mean, this was an elite RB usage for him. He didn't put out elite RB numbers. That line looked shaky. But they're facing the Falcons this week. Not a very tough test. And the Rams are the biggest favorites on the week two docket. They're favored by 10 and a half at home. I like his shot in this game. I also like Chase Edmonds this week. He's got an ECR rank of RB26. Uh, He's facing the Baltimore Ravens. Edmonds led all Miami backs in route participation, rushing share, and target market share. Baltimore just let up the second most receptions to running backs in week one against the Jets. I think Chase Edmonds is in for a, a decent day and, and, and should at least beat that RB26 ranking. At wide receiver, I really like Christian Kirk this re- week. Uh, he has an ECR of wide receiver 26 facing off against the Indianapolis Colts. 28% of the team of the Jaguars market. Uh, target market share went to him. He was in on 92% of the route participation. He played 90% of his routes from the slot. He aver- he had a 2.85 yards per route run. Cooks just went from uh, Brandon Cooks last week went seven for 82 on 12 targets against them. So I really like this setup for Christian Kirk, and I think he's in a good spot here to kind of do better than his wide receivers 26 uh, ranking. Allen Robinson's uh, tied for that wide receiver 26 ranking, and I like him as well against Atlanta. Um, he, If you look at Atlanta, they allowed the ninth most points to wide receivers in 2021, and in week one of this year, they allowed the third most. Uh, if we look at the Rams' track record, they brought in Robert Woods from the Bills. They brought in Brandon Cooks from the Saints and Patriots, I believe. Uh, OBJ, they brought in last year from the Browns. They have a good track record of bringing in these veteran wide receivers and making them produce he was in on 96 percent of the routes last week and he had an a dot of 17.5 so i really like they're using him down the field they just got to connect and i think that this pass rush in atlanta won't be nearly as bad as the one they faced in buffalo last week robert tunyon is another one i like here for the tight end position uh he is tight end 14 right now in ecr and he's facing off against the chicago bears look he was only he had 12 percent target market share but he only played on 36% of the snaps. So he did post 21% targets per route run. That led all Packers not named A.J. Dillon. They're ramping him up from injury, and I like that to continue this week. He gets a little bit more playing time, and I think that'll lead to some more uh, usage. And this team needs to get it going through the air, and Tunyon's at least got experience with Rodgers. So I like it this week. Before I give you the players I'm going to fade this week, I wanted to tell you about our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Best ball drafting isn't the only way to have fun and win money with Underdog. With player prop bets, pick'ems, and rival bet slips, you can cash in on all the NFL action on Mondays, Thursdays, and Sundays. Just go to Underdog Fantasy or download the app in the App Store and use the promo code TFW for up to $100 in match deposit money. That's Underdog Fantasy with the promo code TFW for up to $100 in matched money. All right, so for the fades this week, I've got at quarterback Trey Lance, uh, quarterback 14. He's facing off against the Seattle Seahawks. Again, I think just like I said with Fields last week, these rushing quarterbacks, I don't know why I keep doing this to myself and picking them. I mean, 
I, I was right on fields last week, but one of the like these guys could really make me look silly, but I just have to see it first uh, with Lance because it did not look good last week. Only 62 percent adjusted completion percentage. His yards per attempt was only five point nine. Like I'm not I didn't play quarterback, but I figure I could get above five point nine yards per attempt. Um, I'm more willing to write it off, you know, because of that monsoon game. But fields had a decent day. Now, he didn't beat uh, his ranking, but I still think that. Lance uh, could have shown us a little bit more. Seattle only allowed 17 points per game on average to QBs last year. And on Monday night, they looked pretty sound on defense. I liked the rookie corner, and I liked some of what uh, they were doing as far as a pass rush as well. We're fading at running back Travis Etienne this week. His ECR is running back 28 versus Indianapolis. Etienne only got 20% of the team's rushing market share in week one. Uh, We saw Robinson reminding of reminding us all how good he is and not to doubt him ever again um right now after some early struggles by etn in key situations plus robinson's performance he's hard to trust uh, he being etn and so i think against a colts d that gave up the fourth fewest touchdowns against running backs last year i'm gonna fade etn because i think he's gonna need some time to really solidify his role in this offense at running or at the second running back, I have Damian Harris, uh, running back 31. He's facing off against Pittsburgh on the road. This is just a mess. I mean, luckily, Ty Montgomery got sent to the IR. Uh, I mean, not luckily for him. We wish him the best. But luckily, if you're a Harris or, or Stevenson fan, uh, you know, you saw that this was a muddled situation because no back last week saw more than 45% of the rushing market share last week. Harris played on less than 40% of the Patriots' snaps. And the Steelers, they just held Mixon to three yards per carry. That was on 28 uh, carries, I believe. So for me, it's just just about until we can see one of these guys break forward as the guy, it's just too much of a mess to predict each week, and I don't want to start it in a tough matchup. At wide receiver, I've got Darnell Mooney of the Chicago Bears, ECR wide receiver number 28. He's facing off against my Green Bay Packers here, but this isn't just a homer pick. He saw just three targets on Sunday. He only got one catch. Um, And, yeah, it was a monsoon. I've said that multiple times, torrential downpour, flooded field. But with Green Bay's secondary, it may not get much better. PFF has him running most of his routes against elite corner Jair Alexander, but ranks his matchups even against uh, Eric Stokes and Razul Douglas as average at best. In his last game against the Packers, in Green Bay, with Fields as the quarterback, Mooney caught one ball for 19 scoreless yards. I really like the group, both the Green Bay defense and the offense to get right a little bit in this game, a home tilt against the Bears, and I really think Mooney could struggle yet again. This one hurts my heart, but DK Metcalf, I'm, I'm fading him this week. Wide receiver 24 is kind of a rich uh, ranking for me against San Francisco. Look, he saw 26% of the team's targets on Monday night. But even so, he caught seven of seven targets, and he still only gained 36 yards. I mean, what is going on here? It's now 11 straight games without topping 75 yards for DK Metcalf, and in those 11 games, he's only scored four touchdowns. I mean, it could mean that he's due this week, and it's going to blow up in my face, but it's not looking great. He hasn't cracked 100 yards in 18 games. He's got one game with 100 yards in 18 games. I'm a little bit worried about DK Metcalf. Tight end Dawson Knox is my final fade for this week. His ECR is tight end 10. He's facing off against the Tennessee Titans. I'm worried about his route participation. It was 66% in week one. He was always going to be a touchdown dependent tight end. 
Um, but he's due for some regression, it looks like, because McKenzie has come on, um, Gabe Davis, Isaiah, uh, Jamison Crowder. So I think it could be tough sledding for Knox this year, and I don't like it this week. PFF has him matched up against uh, Tennessee linebacker Zach Cunningham. That shows is just like a poor 2% PFF advantage. I think they actually kind of like Zach Cunningham. PFF grades him out pretty nice. Um, so I, I'm staying away from this one with Knox, and I'd be looking somewhere else. Gerald Everett, something uh, that may be too late for you with the Thursday night game. Albert O even, I think, saw some good stuff. So I, I'd be staying away from Knox if I could. As promised, got a little bit of bonus for you this week. I wanted to take a look and shout out to Donnie for digging this stuff up here. Follow him on Twitter at Donflict. But we wanted to look at defenses to target in fantasy. Um, and so we'll just go position by position with some nuggets from last year and this year. At quarterback, the Chiefs allowed the second most co- points to quarterback in 2021. And in week one, they allowed the sixth most. So they might be on track to continue to be poor in the secondary. Plus, teams are throwing against them. So you got some garbage time stuff there. We've also got the Jets, who allowed the third most points per game in uh, against quarterbacks in 2021. And in week one, they allowed the ninth most. So they're still hanging around, even with the addition of Sauce Gardner and some of their great draft picks. And the Falcons, they didn't uh, get any better, it looks like, this year because they were the seventh most points per game on average to quarterbacks in 2021, and they gave up the eighth most in week one this year. At running back, we're looking at the Texans, Lions, Giants, Vikings, and Steelers. If we look at the Texans, they allowed the fifth most points per game last year to running backs. Uh, And this, in week one, they allowed the fifth most again, so they're hanging in that top five. Not a good look unless you are playing against them. The Lions allowed the fourth most points last year to running backs, and in week one, they allowed the fourth most yet again. Uh, The Giants, seventh most in 2021 and the seventh most in 2022. Vikings, ninth and ninth. And the Steelers allowed the sixth most points per game to running backs last year, and in week one, they allowed the tenth most. So again, this is kind of going against what I had up ahead with Damian Harris. But because of the split, will they eat into each other? So just take a look at that. I I wouldn't be, you know, it's kind of like last week. I didn't like Corderell Patterson against the Saints. But if you were stuck with Corderell Patterson or a timeshare back, maybe you go with Corderell Patterson like Jersey Jay did on our live stream. He ends up getting, a you know, the RB6 on the week or whatever it was. So there are ways that you can get these guys in your lineup. They're just guys I'm generally fading for other better uh, matchups in the same area. At wide receiver, the Atlanta Falcons, they allowed the ninth most, ninth most points last year to wide receiver. And in week one, they allowed the third most. Jaguars, eighth most last year, second most to wide receivers this year. So far, Rams, 11th most last year. And they allowed the first most points to wide receivers between Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, Isaiah McKenzie, Jamison Crowder. So, the Rams will be looking to get right, but they're playing the Falcons, so maybe this is a good look for your Drake London shares. Um, so take a look at that. The Texans allowed the six most points against wide receivers in 2021, and in week one they allowed the six most again. The Commanders, fourth most in 2021, and they allowed the 12th most in week one. Finally, at the tight end position, the Colts, Bengals, Seahawks, Chargers, and Ravens all were bad, pretty pretty bad against the tight end and remain so in week one. If you look at the Colts, they were seventh most last year. They allowed the fourth most in week one. Bengals, sixth most last year, and they allowed the sixth most last week. 
Seahawks, fourth most in 2021 points allowed to the tight end. And in week one, they allowed the seventh most. The Chargers were the number one team to target your tight ends against in 2021, and they were still top 10 against the position uh, or bottom 10, I guess you'd say, against the position in week one. And then finally, the Ravens, who were top 10 against tight ends or bottom 10. And then in week one, they allowed the 12th most. So there are still some teams that are showing signs. We're going to try and look at this to see if there's trends, if these teams are staying bad or if they've recouped, because uh, sometimes you can – trick yourself into thinking these teams are bad against the tight end or that they're suddenly good because this, you know, as we're early in the season, they have a red mark on your app or something, but really they might be pretty good uh, to target your tight ends against. So we'll help you with that. All right. Well, that does it for this week's Start Sit podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show over on YouTube. Uh, The Fantasy Whispers on YouTube. We're getting fantasy football content out daily over there. We're going to be hosting watch parties for the primetime games, discussing waivers every Tuesday night with guests from the industry. That's a live show as well. We work through injury news and notes on Friday, helping you prep your lineups every Sunday morning before the action starts. So head on over to youtube.com forward slash the fantasy whispers and subscribe today. Turn the notifications on so you never miss a video. And consider becoming a member. It's only five bucks a month. You get comment priority, unique stickers, emojis during all the live stream. It's just a really great community to join over there that can help you out uh, each and every day that you need it during this fantasy football season. Again, that's youtube.com forward slash the fantasy whispers. For Johnny Game Time Hicks, Austin Sear, and Donnie Tubbs, I'm Big Travi, and we will talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.